This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and today my wife is joining me, uh, Mirella Watson, and we're going to be talking about how a community can embrace grief within it and, and how we can live a life uh, in community on mission, but while we uh, also do this very important thing of embracing loss and walking with people in the gospel, but also in caring and comforting for others. And so Mirella is here joining me. Thanks for being on the podcast, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty fun. This is actually, this is the sort of thing, uh, not with a microphone, but how we started a date. We would just have long conversations. And mm. so hopefully this isn't too long for everyone, but it's pretty cool to have you mm. join me. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh First, I just wanted to ask you if you could just sort of explain to people what you're, what a week in the life of, of, a, of a mother, of someone who gets to shepherd other people, what's, what does that look like for you as you are a disciple of Jesus and make disciples? Yeah, so I stay home with our kids. I guess if you were to define what my occupation is, that would be in the season of life. And it is very challenging, mostly because they have different needs. There's three of them. Uh, six, three, and two. Our six-year-old goes to school. And with her, the challenge that I have found lately is uh, finding time and space to be intentional with her since she spends so much time at school. So the morning and when she comes home, it's um, it's where we try to do that and do weekends. But then while she's at school, just trying to think about her and pray for her and fight for her through through prayer. So that's kind of a new thing for me, uh, which sounds um, probably uh, not very good. But uh, yeah, learning to pray, just learning to pray for my kids when they're not with me. Yeah. That's a whole nother story of my own belief as a mom. But uh, and then we have a three-year-old and a two-year-old who love to play together, but also are learning how to engage in the relationship. And I think with them, the challenge is the relational dynamics, just learning to be kind to each other, but also what does it mean to um, point them to Jesus in that? Mm. So it's hard because I know I don't do that for my own life. So trying to remind them of that most of the time is convicting, but also humbling for me to know that my kids and me, we all need Jesus. So it's it's been a, an interesting season and I enjoy it sometimes and it's really not enjoyable sometimes. So that's, <laughs> that's what I do right now. Yeah. And then I also try to... I'm taking some classes on biblical counseling and I've been able to, I don't know if the word is care for people, but um, just spend time with people and listen to them and seek the spirit in their lives and hopefully point them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I've been doing that here in LA. 
That's a pretty full life. It really is. Yeah. And we also hang out sometimes, me and you. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we have good times and stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and then sometimes at night, all of our children wake up at sometimes different points. Sometimes that happens Like too. last night. Like last night, And yes. then we're all tired. Thanks for sharing that. And I think that really helps people get a picture of, of life and um, <laughs> that those are the things that Jesus has step, called you to step into. Parenting, uh, prayer for the children, uh, loving the people in our community, loving neighbors, you know, even just to brag on you. You're, you use your shepherding gift a lot in evangelism, too, by just listening to people and pursuing them, whether it's teachers at Norris School or neighbors or kids from, from dance classes and stuff and their parents. So, yeah, I think it's really awesome. So glad that you're here on the podcast. And, and something that we've talked about several times throughout the, the years is how oddly or how divinely God has kind of made you a grief expert I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm a grief expert. I think part of my story was just marked by loss. Mm -hmm. And I think just learning how to deal with that. um, I think we've all gone through losses. I mean, we live in a fallen world. So from Mm -hmm. birth, there's a loss. But I think at times we don't really realize it or acknowledge Mm -hmm. it or experience it until something more tragic or major happens. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm an expert. (laughs) I just think that I've lived with it probably a big chunk of our married life. And so it just marks a lot of our time together too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the reason that we (laughs) want to talk about that today is because every community will experience loss and grief and people even come to the community with those wounds or just uh, parts of their lives, whether it's parents or children or jobs or life or, or things that, that they've seen uh, get taken away either through death or through circumstances or, or relationships that are that are broken and are no more. Uh, every community has that. And so I think sometimes a tendency is to just ignore that and, and just keep doing the activities of community. But really, it's a huge piece of what it means to be a gospel centered community is to look at that loss. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you mentioned your story and, uh, and how that, that has really shaped you a lot. Maybe you could uh, share, yeah, just a little bit about your story with grief. Yeah. Like I said, I really believe that we enter the world already experiencing some sort of loss since this is a fallen world. And I think for me, the way that I've experienced in my story is, and I'm just going to talk about probably the most marking things is I grew up in a single parent home. So one of the pieces of loss for my life was the absence of my father. That's definitely something that has shaped me tremendously and still is a struggle for me. Then I would say my other probably biggest mark of loss would be when I moved from Brazil, the country of my childhood. And I usually tell the story like I hopped on a plane one day and then the next day my entire childhood was passed behind me because mm-hmm. I was in a different country. I moved to Portugal. Um, and it's not that there were, you know, terrible warlike circumstances in my life. That was not the case. 
it was just the loss of what it was and what I, what I, the life that I had mm-hmm. in entering the new life. And mm-hmm. as a 10 year old, trying to wrap my mind around that was, was difficult and left my entire family, which Latino families are, there's no distinction between <laughs> nuclear family and extended family. Everybody's a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. So I left um, all of my 20 aunts and uncles and 30 cousins and went to Portugal and started a new life with my mom there. So that was definitely a marking point in my life mm-hmm. with loss. And um, and then I would say the third biggest one was when my mom passed away in uh, 2010. And that is probably where I actually started dealing and questioning and, and embracing and acknowledging the presence of loss in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's been the journey that I've been on. Of course, in the midst of loss, there's also a lot of goodness and joy. And even mm-hmm. thinking about when my mom passed away, um, about a year later, we had our first child. So it was that mm-hmm. celebration of new life, but then realizing that my mom would never meet my children. And um, so I think that it's always walking joy and sadness Mm -hmm. to quote inside out, always walk (laughs) together. (laughs) So I love how you share that. Um, And I've heard you share that a lot recently that, because I think a lot of people might attach grief just to the big things like, and your mother, that, that, that did become your family. Cause when you moved to Portugal, it was just you and your mom. Yeah. And to say biggest impact on your life is an understatement. Like as she yeah. walked with Jesus, as she parented you, as she was a you know member of the marketplace, a working mom, all of those things had just such a big impact on your life. And I think, and the loss of her reverberates even into daily life today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for on sure. On holidays and birthdays, and and there's a loss yeah. for our children that they don't even understand. Yeah. Um, but there's also the loss of like you said like even in birth there's a loss of your father not being present and i think people don't acknowledge that as something they have to grieve or the loss of even big piece of your childhood it was basically split in half one half in portugal one yeah. half in brazil the the half in brazil you know you you didn't share this part but you like your mom went before you and yeah. and started a business or started working and sort of creating a sustainable life for you and then and then paid for you. You flew alone mm-hmm. as a ten year old mm-hmm. uh, on a plane with uh, not min- much baggage to yeah. carry memories with. Just emotional baggage. Just emotional baggage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you flew by yourself over the Atlantic Ocean to a completely new country. Yeah. Um, and that that moment is is just a piece of that. But yeah, leaving behind all of that. And so I just love that. First of all, that you described loss and and the things that we need to grieve in those sort of terms because i think yeah it's just easy for people to say i i've never had a child die or a brother or a sister or a mom so i'm probably good yeah the the fact that this world is not what it's supposed to be brings so much of that reality of grief, the loss. I'm sure that, you know, we've all we've all gone through some losses in life, be it a broken relationship, be it losing our pet, be it losing a job. Um, you know, I think we look at those things and we can think, oh, something new will come or mm-hmm. or I still miss my pet, but I can always get another pet or we try to replace it, but mm-hmm. 
the realities that I think we've all experienced some sort of loss. And we, mm-hmm. we tend to categorize them in, in bigger losses and smaller losses. But I think the effects in our souls are, it's a loss. A loss is a loss. So mm-hmm. You can quantitate that. Yeah. And so what are, uh, what are some of the things that, that God has been revealing to you? Things that you've, you've been taught by the Spirit as you've walked through sort of embracing grief? I don't know. I think I I would love to even hear people like <laughs> that have gone through losses <laughs> talk about that because um, I shared uh, this big chunk of my story at the women's summer women's retreat back in February. And I think that one of the things that I've learned is God's nearness. And I think that has definitely been the biggest sign of his goodness to mm-hmm. me. Because when my mom passed away, I remember wrestling with the concept of good, like God's goodness mm-hmm. and thinking, how is this good? How are you good in the midst of the suffering and the pain? And I think we ask that question even as we watch the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you were to sit and watch the news for a minute, you you can easily ask, like, how are you good in all mm-hmm. of this pain around the world? And one of the things I've learned is his nearness is is his goodness mm-hmm. um, to me. And when my mom passed away, I she was, like you said, such a marking person in my life and a very strong personality, but also very strong presence in my life. Mm-hmm. And not having her presence forced me to go to the only source of constant. Uh, consistency in my life which was God Mm -hmm. um, throughout my whole life and so going to him in that wrestling and Mm -hmm. seeking him and questioning and I think that's definitely been one of the things I've learned about God and um, who he is another thing too is being honest with what we are experiencing Mm -hmm. not for the sake of I'm just going to say whatever I want to say mm-hmm. and God, you can take it. But um, in the honesty, embracing it as a conversation with the Lord, which means you'll have to stop and listen to him, mm-hmm. which a lot of times is not the most, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling in the world because he will gently reveal us his truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we don't want to hear his truth. So I think for me, engaging that conversation of, this is what my emotions are mm-hmm. saying. What is the truth? Where is the truth? And so I think those things have definitely been helpful for me. Yeah, I hope people don't miss just how profound that is, that Jesus is present. As you like look back over your life, the, the story of your life does have an incredible amount of loss in all of these moments mm-hmm. um, that, that deeply impact your, the way you are but also God's presence with you, as you said. Like, that's such a profound statement to say. Yeah. He's the consistent presence over my whole life, that in the sorrow he was there, mm-hmm. um, in the chaos of of us trying to even get to Brazil to kind of wrap up your mom's life. Yeah. He was with us, but he was also with you on in your journey of moving to a new country. Mm-hmm. He was with you, uh, the steady father mm-hmm. that you didn't have. I think for me, it's been amazing to follow you in that because that's not even something that that I would have never treasured. I think the very just the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think even to what you just said about God being the father, for me personally, that's always been a struggle. And when my mom passed away, I think I was forced to wrestle with that with the Lord because mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, the mother and father father that I had before my mom. So that was definitely a gift, even understanding who mm-hmm. he is as a father and what does that mean for my life. As I live life as a disciple and a follower of Jesus, but also as a spouse, as a mother, as a friend. Mm-hmm. So looking to him as a father, I definitely don't fully comprehend how that works. But I think as I think about me growing up versus who I am now, I think his grace has definitely mm-hmm. shown to me what it looks like to accept his fatherhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we become, just to clarify that, I think we, we don't become experts like Elon Musk is an expert in, you know, sending rocket ships into space. Yeah. But I think in the kingdom of God, we become experts from... Uh, the life that we get to live with God, not in like tasks or anything like that, right. but just learning just like, like experts in, in being. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think uh, sort of even a transition, like if that's, that's what grief is. If that's how you've experienced. And even that, that sort of uh, advice to people is to experience God's presence and joy amidst uh, sadness how does grief and loss, in your opinion, affect uh, missional communities? I think of bearing each other's burdens. I think the most common way of us to approach this idea is to think of, oh, so-and-so lost their job. Let's bear the burden of providing for their family. Or mm-hmm. So-and-so needs housing. Let's bear the burden of giving mm-hmm. them a place to live. But I think when somebody loses a dear person, I think bearing the burden of that loss looks a little bit different than bearing the burden of somebody losing a job. And I think as a community, we can um, rally around people by simply sitting with them. (laughs) I think as a society, we don't really know how to deal with grief. We live in a society that you know, it's live your best life now, mm. YOLO. <laughs> um, and we we feel uncomfortable with pain and suffering mm. that we feel like we cannot fix mm-hmm. or we cannot change. And I think that is the piece as a community that follows Jesus that we can be different um, mm-hmm. because the fix and the change only comes through the work of the Spirit in somebody's mm-hmm. life. And we cannot bring the person back, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was lost. We cannot bring them back. But we can walk and sit and stay with the people that are suffering. So, mm-hmm. for example, this is like very theoretical. So just trying to bring it home a bit. I think for me, it's just so comforting and, and helpful when people just ask me about my mom and mm-hmm. um, just... Or even ask me about like my childhood or um, how mm-hmm. was my life in Brazil or in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're remembering with me mm-hmm. what it was or who my mom was. And so I think mm-hmm. 
that is definitely really for me just so comforting um that's one way another another way that as a community we can definitely love people is by sometimes not saying anything (laughs) i think we feel the need of saying something or trying to replace the loss by other comforting things but a lot of times it's just okay to sit down and Mm -hmm. and just say that Mm. is really hard yeah i'm really sorry Mm -hmm. that you're experiencing this pain and crying with people is really comforting Mm -hmm. i think that has been for me one of the pieces of walking through grief with the community that has been Mm -hmm. so comforting just having other people crying with me and crying with other people too Mm -hmm. as they experience loss Mm -hmm. grief is all is very isolating when somebody dies it's the relationship that was lost is a very personal relationship and so you feel very isolated because Mm -hmm. the world around you continues and you're the one that's kind of stuck in this emotion and so you really feel like the the odd duck out and um Mm -hmm. and so i think to have someone cry with you decreases that isolation a bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's also it's very comforting yeah and makes you feel like you're being understood. I think that's the other piece too. Yeah. And then there's the practical stuff like write people cards. Like that's super, yeah. <laughs> super sweet. Or bring them meals. Or if they have kids, like care mm-hmm. for their kids. Or if they don't have kids, just, mm-hmm. if, I don't know, just serve them, love them. Mm-hmm. I invite them to go places or just being there. Mm-hmm. Being there is so helpful so comforting so yeah yeah i think that what you're describing that a community can do uh in light of loss is essentially being an extension of god's presence in the world Mm. and then and even just more intimately god's presence in the life of people uh within the community with our brothers and sisters especially if we're going to say that that god has adopted us and he's our good father and we all belong to his ever expanding family, then that in part means that we get to be image bearers or even, even make places God's presence available. And I think that that's in a part what you're saying, because even if you look at the whole story of scripture, one of the powerful things that Jesus does is he sees and he hears people in their suffering. Um, That's what happens in, uh, with the people of Israel and Egypt, uh, God sees and God hears their mm-hmm. cries. Um, and that's also what's to me ever, ever since we've begun walking through grief together, it's what always sticks out to me and the gospels and in, in particular Luke gospel, Luke's gospel, because in each healing or even a confrontation that Jesus has, even several of his parables, like the parable of the good Samaritan, Jesus is always seeing uh, and listening and touching even before he heals before he changes anybody's circumstances he sees and he hears mm-hmm. and he's just there yeah i think we oftentimes because we do not know what to say we settle into like oh how are you doing with the mm-hmm. loss of so and so and and i think those are very well intended very well meaning questions but yeah 
when somebody's experiencing loss and grief, that can feel so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you doing with the with the death of your mother or your brother? Or mm-hmm. and I think, I think in the moment, it might be so hard even to express all that is going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. So, one of the ways, I mean, and this is not like this is the right way to ask questions, but I think just to even help, like as we walk alongside people is just to ask pointed questions. For me, one of the ways that that has been so sweet is when, you know, my friends or even you, you you know, ask something specific about my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, tell me a story about your mom when, mm-hmm. you know, you were growing up. Like, what did you guys do over the weekend? Or, or oh, did you, I think for you and I, especially because we both grew up in Portugal, we always can talk, we always end up talking about like, how both of our versions of Portugal are different. <laughs> and so it's really fun just to share like how, what I would spend time with, yeah. with my mom and versus what you would do mm-hmm. with your parents. So yeah, I think just very specific things. Like tell me a story about your sister or tell me what was your grandmother's favorite dessert or mm-hmm. just something that will get the person thinking about the right. loved one that they lost. I think that's one way to to acknowledge and to to enter in the grief versus yeah. run away because we don't really know what to say. Right. Yeah. And don't you don't have to be afraid of making of like people crying. Yeah. And I tears. Think, I think that that's what often keeps people yeah, from asking totally. those questions. Or just simply like, oh, I wonder if I ask them this question, it will bring them painful memories because right. this person's no longer here. Right. And I think the truth is um it's it's actually really healing to talk about the person that you lost. Mm-hmm. There's no need to fear mm-hmm. what what can come from it because tears are good mm-hmm. <laughs> and they cleanse our souls. <laughs> and so right. I think, yeah, just entering into that without fear of... And, and I think when people are in grief, they will share what they want to share. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're overstepping their emotions um if they want to talk about it they will talk about it if they don't want to talk about it they'll just give you a very general answer and move on right but but just the act of wanting to know and asking is really meaningful Mm -hmm. i think yeah yeah and i think even to add to that i would say uh having faith for people like even you Mm -hmm. say bearing the burden i think part of the burden that you the community gets to bear is faith Mm -hmm. uh and not faith in like hey, this is going to turn out really good. All these Mm -hmm. people are going to come to know Jesus at the funeral or Mm -hmm. think of all, you know, you don't have to go there, but you Mm -hmm. can have faith in just like the character of God. And you can carry that for another person. Even that image of bearing another's burden is someone carrying a big boulder and the the community of faith comes around and helps that person carry the boulder. The boulder is still yours, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the loss is still in particular yours. Like even in our own marriage, Mm -hmm. you carry the grief, the loss of your mom different than I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I miss your mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes me incredibly sad. I I grieve the loss of your father in life Mm -hmm. as well. But it's it's, it's a different grief, but I get to bear it with you. And I think that Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways that I bear it with you is by having faith in like God's character Mm -hmm. Uh, and not what he's going to do with it, but just saying like, God is really good. He is present. Mm -hmm. He will make every sad thing untrue. Mm -hmm. He will wipe away every tear. Yeah, because I think sometimes 
believers get scared to tell people mm-hmm. the truth about God mm-hmm. when they're grieving totally. as well. <laughs> yeah. And I think you can go to, you know, two extremes. One is that what you just mentioned, the fear of speaking about faith and belief in the midst of pain and hardship. Mm-hmm. And the other extreme is to say, oh, you know, we don't grieve like those who don't have hope, which is true. But then what that what they're trying to say is, so like, don't grieve. (laughs) So those are two extremes because Mm -hmm. we don't grieve like those who don't have hope, but we still grieve. Mm -hmm. And we grieve with hope because we have Jesus. And I think that is what makes the difference. Even as we, not just as we look forward, but as we live daily life, the Mm -hmm. fact that we know that God is with us in our suffering and you know, as he says, like, I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is such a tangible way that he does that. And being mm-hmm. reminded, it is definitely so good to be reminded of mm-hmm. belief and faith and joy in the midst of pain. It is a light in the midst mm-hmm. of the dark tunnel that you can find yourself in when you're when you're hurting and yeah. when you're suffering. So, yeah. One of the other things that I've learned from you is that grief isn't a season it's lifelong Mm -hmm. i think sometimes we imagine like in downton abbey they were a black armband they were were all black for like two months because a character died Mm -hmm. and then one that when those two months are over we're done grieving or Mm -hmm. when the flags go back to full mass it's Mm -hmm. over that's one of the things that i think that we've learned a ton Mm -hmm. is that it isn't that sort of like, here's a season of grief. Now we move on to the mm-hmm. season of joy. Here's grief. Now it gets over. Mm-hmm. But even like, yeah, that that even days after your mom passed away, mm-hmm. we had seasons of like moments of joy and laughter mm-hmm. and rest. Yeah. And it was and it's and it's been that way mm-hmm. ever since that it's all mixed together. So in Portugal, um, traditionally, if your spouse dies you were black for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was always mind-boggling to me, mostly because in the summer it's so hot. And I'm like, why are you wearing black? Layers and layers of black. Yeah. Um, and, but but now that I you know that I've experienced some grief more, I guess, deeper with my mom dying, I look at that and I think, yeah, that is such a tangible reminder of the loss that you have. Mm-hmm. So in one way it's it's like you're wearing that constantly. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing, you know, these old ladies wearing black from head to toe, but still smiling and laughing and goofing off with their um, village neighbors. And, and I think that's such a piece of what you're saying about how joy and sadness walk together. Mm-hmm. But then also I think when you're grieving and, and you want to experience joy, there's such a tendency to feel guilty about that mm-hmm. because it is almost as if you you feel like you had forgotten the person that you lost and mm-hmm. it's like you're betraying their existence and it can be very confusing mm-hmm. um, almost like am I allowed to laugh and to to experience this really exciting moment or like when Nora was born mm-hmm. we were so excited that she was born um, so it's it was that moment of like, hmm. this is really good. Is it okay for me to be excited about it? Because my mom passed mm-hmm. away like last year. She'll never meet her. 
I think it's it's allowing both. Mm-hmm. And our our Western minds are so not used to that, to holding two mm-hmm. thoughts together mm-hmm. that it can be so confusing inside of us. And so I think allowing the joy to fill our hearts mm-hmm. as we experience sadness, it is that tension of, you know, mm-hmm. already not yet. We live we live looking forward to the kingdom and we live mm-hmm. as part of the kingdom now, the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. So I think those two things are walking together in that way. And it might not feel okay mm-hmm. to laugh, but it is good and it is okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is we are allowed to do that. And and Jesus, I think he he did that. Um mm-hmm. you know, he lost his friend, Lazarus, but and in the midst of comforting, he was still so confident. Mm-hmm. You know, he was weeping and he was sad, but he was still so confident in mm-hmm. the resurrection. And right. of course, Jesus um, did the Jesus thing and resurrected Lazarus. So, yeah. but I think even even the confidence that he had mm-hmm. um, in the midst of sorrow that he will he will be alive again. And mm-hmm. so, I think that is also something that we can deal with right. in faith. Yeah. And in hope. So Yeah, because we get to Yeah, walk in that tension of Jesus rose from the dead. And so we have everything to hope for. We don't have to fear death. Uh the the you know, the curse of sin has lost its power over mm-hmm. us. And we can be joyful in that and weeping in that simultaneously. Yeah. Um because it's still not the way it's supposed to be you know like jesus had to die like that doesn't seem good and we can look through the whole story and be like it was good because he rose again Mm -hmm. and i think that's basically what we're we're trying to do as communities when people are experiencing loss is 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 hold those things together which um, I can be the dorky Bible person, you sure. know, uh, <laughs> That's a good idea. in the New Testament, you have that over and over again. In almost every uh, epistle, whether it's from Peter, John or Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews, uh, the, lady. the lady who wrote <laughs> Hebrews, uh, she was, she's a good preacher. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, all of them speak to that, like, um, Mm-hmm. You know, they're calling communities to experience joy mm-hmm. and they're calling people to experience suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and they're they're saying, you know, you're you're grabbing hold of both of those things. Uh, welcome to the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, just to kind of step back a little further, that has incredible reverberations on the, the community around the community. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible display of the gospel and it's mm-hmm. so unique mm-hmm. that uh that you would have a group of people that love one another and instead of running away from what's painful or trying to hide or from covering it up like a, a christian community that talks about a loss and walks with it and cries together mm-hmm. but also a community that experiences great joy and celebration and laughters and parties i think that is so marking mm-hmm. to the world around us. And I, and that, I think that that's, you see that most clearly in first Peter mm-hmm. when you might read that and say, Oh, that's just like all about suffering. But yeah. then in chapter three, he does this weird thing where he's like, and then people around you are going to ask you why you have so much hope. And I think that that that's even been true in our own lives too. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it is easy to minimize or maximize the level of loss. Mm-hmm. People feel one way when you set, when you talk about the loss of a child versus mm-hmm. when you talk about the loss of a friend or of a parent because you know, mm-hmm. in the circle of life. Yeah, um, we try to put a scale on yeah, it. Yeah, we try to put a scale on it. But I think a loss is a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, our kids are talking about getting a pet. And I'm, <laughs> I'm literally thinking, this pet is going to die. And how are <laughs> we going to deal? Grief. Yeah, how are we going to deal with <laughs> with their heart broken? <laughs> like, with, their, with the moment that their heart will be broken. So, mm-hmm. um, a loss is a loss. And so, I think... Yeah. As a community, walking through those with people is a beautiful picture of mm-hmm. Jesus and um, and dealing with something that the world is so uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I would say the Western world. I think there are cultures. Um, I mean, I know there are cultures who honor the death probably more than they honor life, but mm-hmm. um, they embrace that. and. Mm-hmm in a completely different way than I think our Western world, American society does. Yeah. And to, to wrap up uh, for the listeners, as you were talking, I wrote down just a few like practical things yeah. that people can do yeah. as to become a community that loves one another in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is to just show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so powerful. And, and for all of the leaders out there, uh, your community will not engage grief past your engagement of grief and to engage uh, the struggles of life when people are in a hospital within Mm -hmm. your community or even when their parents or siblings are in the hospital and maybe those people aren't directly in your community you just still show up we were talking recently like christians are so good like when someone has a new baby we like shower them with gifts we can't wait to hang out with them and and see the baby I just pray for like Christian communities that are eager to do that in loss though. It's like, Oh wow. We get this like opportunity to be there with these people Mm -hmm. um, and to just show up and do some of the things that we've talked about, like Mm -hmm. ask people their favorite stories. What's a funny thing that they did, you know, Mm -hmm. like what was their most embarrassing moment? Uh, Those are like, those are really great things. Like what was your wedding day? Like with this person that you lost, Mm -hmm. those are all like, just to show up and ask those questions and laugh and cry with people and mm-hmm. or not say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And and I think some communities are really good at that, like showing up for the first couple months mm-hmm. or weeks, but then it kind of trickles off because as we discuss, people think, oh, well, the grief season is over. So mm-hmm. hopefully they're they're over it. Mm-mm. But a powerful thing that we can do as Christians is remember. And so even years later asking, hey, how are you doing with the loss of your father or your mother? And Mm -hmm. just a tiny little story about that. My grandmother uh, lost her dad long before I was born. He died of a a heart attack. And uh, I can remember as like a teenager, like little things being brought up about her childhood. And she would cry over the loss of her father. Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot just because grief is not a season. Mm -hmm. We will grieve that the world is not as it should be. And most pointedly in death until Christ comes again. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. And we should proclaim that, that when Christ comes again, the dead will rise. You know, Jesus is the first fruit of resurrections and Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome. 
Uh, and one of the ways that we acknowledge how awesome that's going to be is by living in the reality of today where we're in the story. And so we can continually remember the losses and ask um, and just sort of bring that memory into the present by asking people how they're doing. So those are two super simple things, principles show up and then continually remembering. And it's okay to do super dorky things for all the engineers out there or people like me, put a timer in your phone to remind you to do that. Um, We've done that even with friends. We put it on a calendar where it's like, Oh, on this date each month, we're going to ask them, how are you doing with that? And I would also say remind people of God's presence because in the loneliness of loss and grief, it is so comforting to be reminded of that. Even if in the moment our belief is not that, mm-hmm. it is so good to be reminded. It's good to be surrounded by faith and people who, who have faith. When we ourselves feel like our walk with God is super rocky in the moment mm-hmm. or we're wrestling with the Lord. Just having community belief yeah. community of belief and faith, praying and reminding each other mm-hmm. of Jesus and yeah. who he is. And so and not just the wonderful things that he did and all the miracles and all of that, but also that he is present. Yeah, that is definitely a, a big difference that can yeah, yeah can be comforting. And that's a good even challenge for people that are in the midst of grief today. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you can even decide today that when you're when you experience some deeper loss, to make that commitment to show up to community yourselves mm-hmm. and to have grace with people too. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to say like, well, what they're wanting to love me. So maybe they're saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. or or whatever it is, or they're not doing the perfect principles, but I know that they, they do want to love me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just, yeah, encourage those people to, to show up to community as well, um, mm-hmm. to show up to, to the family meals, to show up to the gatherings mm-hmm. of the saints, mm-hmm. uh, and also to tell people like, hey, I just need you to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to ask me about my dad right now. I need you to ask me about this place that I can't return to. Like, I just need that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, that's totally cool to like tell people what you need, but also the the challenge of of just being around the people of God is so big. Mm -hmm. Any resources or books or things you'd like to point people to, babe? Uh, For me, um, I remember right after my mom passed away, I was kind of a loss of words to what was going on inside of me. And I read A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis, and it is about his experience with losing his wife. But for me, it was so helpful just to know, just to know what I was experiencing, the emotions that were going on. I couldn't really pinpoint at first. And so that was really, really helpful. And there's another book called Grief Undone, and it's kind of like the journey of, a spouse who lost her husband and it's just how they were both engaging with the Lord with it. And that was really helpful too. I think biographies, not biographies, but people's experience, it's really good to read it and be like, I'm not the only person who feels this way. So Mm -hmm. yeah, those were the only books that I can think of. I'm sure there's more that I'm like not even acknowledging, but yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> it was really good. It was such a treat. And uh, yeah, thank you all for, for joining in and listening as well. And 
If you have any questions or follow-ups, you can uh, always contact us at hello at saturatetheworld.com or you can connect with us on social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Uh, Also, you can always find me on the internet as well. Uh, Also, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, we'd love to to receive feedback. You can uh, write a review on any of the platforms in which you're listening uh, and that helps us know how we're doing, but it also helps other people find the podcast a lot more and we, uh, we so believe not in uh, the strategies or the things that we're talking about, but just the, the, the gospel message itself to help people shape communities and form them in such a way that we see our cities and neighborhoods and towns renewed. So if you have uh, the times, do a review for us. And uh, that is it for this episode. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.